Welcome to Pictures of Grace, a Fraser 365 Advent devotional. My name is Chris Montgomery, senior pastor of Fraser Church, and I'm so glad you're on this Advent journey with us. May the Lord bless you today as we learn about His unmerited grace. Welcome to day 29 of Pictures of Grace. Today's topic is a Christmas list of grace, and this is an Advent daily devotional. Stuart Briscoe in Christianity Today stated, The spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual. The spirit of Christ is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental. The spirit of Christ is supernatural. The spirit of Christmas is a human product. The spirit of Christ is a divine person. That makes all the difference in the world. And Stanley Hauerwas stated, In Jesus, we now rightly understand the beginning because we can now see the end. It is the Christian conviction, a conviction shaped by the grammar of the first verse of the Gospel of Matthew, that we can know there was a beginning because we have seen the end in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our text for today comes from Matthew 1, 1, and 16 and 17. The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. It's Christmas. As you've studied the lives of Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, you've witnessed picture after picture of God's amazing grace. Now we come to the earthly mother of our heavenly Savior, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Over the next week, we will study Mary's relationship with Jesus and learn more about our own walk with the Lord. But today is Christmas, so let's focus on just a few verses from Matthew's first chapter and marvel at this list of grace found in the genealogy of Jesus. One commentary expressed grace in Jesus' genealogy with these words, God saves only by His sovereign grace. The list of names in verses 1 through 17 is full of evil kings and sinful men and women, a description that includes Abraham and David as well. Abraham was a polygamist, patriarch, who lied about his wife twice. David was an adulterous murderer, and the list goes on and on. It's amazing to think that the great, 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 great grandparents of Jesus hated God and were leading other people to hate him too. Clearly then, Jesus came not because of Israel's righteousness, but in spite of Israel's sinfulness. God works in spite of our sins and unconditionally blesses us with his grace. Therefore, we see grace all over his genealogy. We also discover that the goal of this genealogy is to point us to the end of the list, to Jesus, the Lord of grace, as though to emphasize that Jesus isn't just one member in an ongoing family, but actually the goal of the whole list he arranges the genealogy into three groups of 14 names, or perhaps we should say into six groups of seven names. 
The number seven was and is one of the most powerful symbolic numbers, and to be born at the beginning of the seventh seven in the sequence is clearly to be the climax of the whole list. This birth, Matthew is saying, is what Israel has been waiting for these past 2,000 years. This imperfect list of people points us to the Lord of all. This genealogy filled with people who have all sinned leads us to the Lord who has come to save. Matthew begins his gospel with a gallery of pictures that have all one message, grace. Each picture points to one person, the Messiah. The first 15 verses of Matthew have been a drum roll that leads to the declaration of the birth of Jesus. This Christmas, Take some time to open God's photo album of grace and walk down memory lane. As you turn page after page of people God has blessed, remember the times he showered you with his grace. Look at the life of Abraham. God told him to leave everything he knew and take his family to a place he had never been. Abraham's faith grew with each part of the journey. He made mistakes all along the way. However, God's grace was right with him every step of the way. Consider David, known as a man after God's own heart. Yet David made countless mistakes and sinned greatly. However, not one sin was greater than God's grace. God still used David mightily for his purposes because of his grace. In the middle of this list, you'll come to a man named Jehoshaphat. Verse 8, if you studied 2 Chronicles 20, you would know that he faced an impossible situation. He had no idea what to do, but he kept his eyes on the Lord. He gave his mess to the Lord and witnessed a God-sized miracle. The list of God's grace and goodness is unending. As you think about all that God has done, may it give you great confidence in what he can still do. If you are a believer... You've been grafted into his family tree. You're in his family because of your faith. This also places you in the genealogy of his grace, praying you have a grace-filled Christmas day. Here's some things for us to reflect on. In his commentary on Matthew, Stanley Hauerwas does an excellent job explaining why Matthew wrote this gospel. Matthew wrote his gospel to position the reader to be a follower of Jesus. Matthew wrote knowing what he and many of his readers knew, that Jesus would be killed and raised from the dead. The problem was that such knowledge did his readers no good unless they were trained in the same manner that Jesus had trained his own disciples, to be a follower of Jesus through the reading of the gospel. Matthew understands that most of us will be tempted to be a member of the ever-present crowd depicted in the gospel. The crowd was often impressed by Jesus' teachings and his miracles. But when push came to shove, the crowd called for the crucifixion. His disciples had abandoned him at the end, but Jesus had called them to follow him, making them the continuation of the story. Matthew rightly hopes that through the reading of the gospel, we may be no less. After hearing these words, where do you see yourself in your walk with Jesus? Are you part of the crowd around Jesus? Are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? What is God currently doing in your life that's new? Pray with me. Father, 
Help us to abound in your grace and faithfully continue the story as a growing, committed follower of Jesus. Amen.